Electricast. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity presenting special guest, Dr. Travis Fox. Since 1991, Dr. Fox, the architect, has been the CEO for Travis Fox Incorporated, now the Ultimate Business Quest LLC. Travis is armed with doctorates in both psychology and clinical hypnotherapy. He's received praise as a five-time Emmy Award nominated and winner, as well as 25 Telly Awards for production. Most recently, Travis has co-produced and co-starred in Beyond the Secret, the long-awaited sequel to The Secret, as well as How Thoughts Become Things. Travis was named by Yahoo Finance as one of the top 20 entrepreneurs, as well as one of the top 20 Instagram influencers by BuzzFeed. He's responsible for creating, managing, and marketing products, services, and corporate workshops generated by the company. For the last 25 years, Travis has been training and teaching his patent-pending methodology, formulating sales, marketing, communication, branding, and corporate cultures for both private and public corporations, utilizing his skills for personality profiling, effective listening, peak focus development, and beyond. Travis's methods has effectively helped improve corporations such as Honda, Goldman Sachs, T-Mobile, Earthlink, Huddle House, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo, Bell, Atlantic, Sirwin Vega, and Card Key, to name a few. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Travis to the show. Thanks, Jason. You know, every time I hear that when I do a show, I'm like, are they talking about me? <laughs> who, who is this person they're talking about? Who's this guy? I'm like, really? <laughs> I, I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I have still so many adventures to, to finish before my time here on Earth. And I'm listening to that going, Wow. Okay. Wow. That sounds like a really cool guy. Oh, that's me. Sorry. I better wake up. And touch. <laughs> so thanks I will, for the show, man. I will tell you, it's such a pleasure and such a treat to have you on for our audience because everything that you do is in alignment with what we believe. I feel like the law of attraction and just having the opportunity of being able to share your skill set with our audience and our listeners is a greatly appreciated thing. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for, thanks for the platform. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm actually a, a practitioner of the law of attraction. I have vision boards in my room. I do manifestation candles. I can tell you that 
it's an amazing thing once you learn how to understand the dynamics of the law of attraction and how thoughts become things and all those types of dynamics. Right. And the first thing I want to ask you is, when did you first discover your ability to manifest? And did you find that there was a struggle with it at first, or did you find it was pretty seamless and you were able to be a master manifester, so to speak? Oh, hell no. Anybody <laughs> says they're a master manifester out of the box is full of crap. No way. I actually discovered it uh, when I was in my teenage years, when I started to realize that there was these coincidences that kept happening. And as I started to move and think about things and, and kind of put my energy in directions, things would show up. But to say I was a master, no. And I would actually say I actually had to literally unlearn some of my educational process because when I was going through university and school, that's for the gypsies, that's for the nut jobs, that's for the, you know, the fringy people. That's not real you know, <laughs> uh, clinical experiences. That's not, you know, based on tied and true. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, you know, my, and my counter argument was, well, that sounds really great. I hear what you're saying, except for, you know, the medical industry has only been around for about 200 years if we're going to be technical. So let's go back to, let's say, archetypal symbology, which is a part of what we deal with and what we teach. That's been around for six, 7,000 years. But so I had to unwind some of my doctoral stuff. And that took me probably till I was about realistically about 33, 34. And one of the big impetus for that was my um, my second son, my third child, who was born autistic. And I had no frame of reference for it. No clue. Everything I thought I knew just went right out the door. Dr. Fox turned into an idiot. And I went, well, wait a minute. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the challenge. It is the overlaying of the map of the education that is suppressing the actual experience of what architecting is all about, commonly called the law of attraction in that language. And I had to unwind it. I had to actually deconstruct some of my personalities because I had started to realize that I was becoming what, and I hate to use this term because it sounds conspiracy theory, but they wanted me to be and how I'm supposed to be on TV and how I'm supposed to be on film and all of these things. And, you know, my, my autistic son walked in and said, Hey, Jason, Hey, Travis, how you doing? I don't give a crap about any of that. And if you can't be present with me, piss off. And I went, Oh, well, that's new. What do we do with that? And that became that became the, the back half of my career now, some 19 years later now. I have to ask you this. My perspective. I feel like anyone who understands the law of attraction or anyone who understands manifestation has some type of intuitive abilities, has some ability to envision for themselves to, to sense things. And I want to ask you, do you consider yourself an intuitive person? And if so, what, how do you feel that that, that occurs in your life? Uh, I think everybody's intuitive. I think everybody's empathic. And I think anybody who says that they're not is probably doing a massive form of self-hypnosis. I know I was guilty of it too when I was in my late 20s and early 30s. It's impacted me a lot. As a matter of fact, even at, uh, even in our board meetings you know, with our company, we all acknowledge, hey, there's something bigger than us going on than just Travis or Jason or, you know, or Michelle or John or whoever's in the room. There's something bigger going on. And if you don't yield to that, Two things occur. One, you block what the universe may have for you, however you define said universe. But two, you also then really are basically saying to the universe, I'm smarter than you. <laughs> and I go, well, that's funny because I don't know how you come to that conclusion because I can only come to one place. My ego is writing checks that my life can't cash. And you start to go, well, wait a minute. We're blocking the one thing that makes the adventure of life, which is the mystery in and of itself, the adventure. Because again, if we all knew what we signed up for, we wouldn't come down here to planet Earth. He's like, forget that crap. I'm going to stay in the ethos, man. The ethos is, you know, where it's at. So I think we really get into that space where we, we block the magic, if you want to use that term. I mean, I like that term because it's an easy universal to describe. And I don't mean that from a, 
hocus pocus look here. I'm not saying hocus pocus is what I was thinking of when you said yeah, that. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, it's more the magic of those things that, you know, in our in our language over here at the, at the Quest, we, we call them MOGs, M-O-Gs. And it's just a way for, like, hey, Jason, did you see that MOG? And that's a moment of coincidence or synchronicity where, holy crap, we would have never have thought of that. But it's also a way for us to keep this fun, childlike fraternity going, bro, did you see that MOG? Yeah, I did. I'm like, well, check it out, bro. And MOG just means moment of grace. And it doesn't have a religious connotation. It means that's a moment where you finally gave yourself some grace to go, maybe this wizard brain needs to shut up for two minutes and let's just play this. And that's a graceful moment where you get out of your own damn way. And sometimes it takes a smack the upside the head. I know I'm guilty of that. And that's really what my son, my autistic son brought to my table because Everything I had learned in university, everything I've been practicing on my film, all that stuff went right out the door. And he's like, look, if you can't be present with me, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not going to engage. And there wasn't that articulated, but it was in that, that same essence. It truly has been my greatest teacher of my entire life. To this day, he's still my greatest teacher. And he's taught me how to communicate without talking. So I love that, though. It sounds like your son's one of the biggest blessings you have in terms of giving you so much of a richer perspective on things than what you had before. Right. The number one by far. And uh, how old your son now? My youngest one, the autistic is 19. 19. So yeah, this has been a while. Cause I feel like there's been, there's been depth and growth to your, oh. your, your situation ever since you've had him. And I think he's kind of fi- filled you in and made you more complete than ever before on many levels. Oh, he, you know, we, we talk about the missing pieces in the quest, you know, how, how to find your missing pieces. He was my missing piece because he brought a depth of authenticity that, he wasn't acting. He wasn't manipulating. He was just being. being him. And I, I just being, I mean, for him, just being him, he's just like, I'm just here. I'm good. And I remember when he was seven and it's one of the story I tell often, but it was one of the greatest lessons I ever learned about what the difference between happiness and bliss. I had never known bliss. I thought I did, but I didn't until he taught me without ever speaking a word. And it literally took 30 minutes. And I just watched him do this very simple thing that would seem innocuous to any other neurotypical Right. And all of a sudden I went and I'm, I'm bawling my eyes out going, oh, my God, I have no idea what bliss is. And yet here's a seven year old autistic child. You know, at the time, minimal verbal. He's full verbal now. Minimal verbal having an experience that he's fully blissful in. And I'm over here bawling because here I am supposed to be dad, doctor. I've got all these things that said I'm that whatever the hell that is. And I have no idea what the hell he's feeling. I've never felt that kind of bliss until that moment. And then I remember the release where I went. That's the difference between happiness and bliss. Happiness comes and goes, but bliss is a constant state of awareness. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And he taught it without ever saying a word, never said a word the entire time. He was in his own little world. And it was a really powerful lesson. And I I implore people on that, but we do it in a much more fun way because we have to get through this little wizard brain that we all have. When we figured out how to really do that through the methodology, it became, and I'll take you there, by the way. Uh, on the law of attraction. I, I take it a step further, even further than we did in, in the Beyond the Secret film. I take it to people and say, look, the law of abundance is a little bit misunderstood. And let me kind of, if I could throw something at you all and all of Jason's yeah. listeners here that might, might make it a little more easy for this law of abundance. You see it all over social media and it's a bunch of isms because people are trying to provide value and all this other stuff, as opposed to just saying it like it is. But here's the deal. The law of abundance has nothing to do with financial wealth, external wealth, drawing money to you. None. But it's misnomer. The real law of abundance is fun. It's fun. I love that. (laughs) Well, you think about it. It doesn't cost you anything. You can never run out of it. You can access it 24 hours a day at any given moment, anytime and place. It's infectious. 
And it puts you on passion, purpose to complete the vision and mission and leave the legacy of your life. It's the law of abundance is fun. If you're not having fun, I don't give a crap how much money you've had. I've been to the top. I've, I've been to the top of the mountain. I've seen it all, had the cars, the houses, thought I was Mr. Joe Cool successful. No, I was a miserable human being, not because I was external to anybody, but to myself going, so this is it. Great. I've, I have cars. I've got houses. I've got, I can travel. Great. How come I'm not happy? And it's not because you don't have the things. It's because I wasn't having fun. I just wasn't having fun. And I'm like, hey, man, I don't hate to break it to you, but life goes by like that. So you all better have some fun quick or guess what happens? You end up filled up with regret. And that's a challenge. And then it's disease and other things. And now your law of manifestation shifts, right? Because the subconscious and the shadow is what's really manifesting into the world, not what you think. So until you can get out of that wizard brain of yours, and often the, the easiest, the simplest way is have fun. Have fun with everything. Have fun with your business, your relationships, parenting, walking your dog, putting on your shoes. Because if you're in the constant state of fun, then this thing doesn't have an opportunity to psych you out. And it's part of what we do at the quest and say, look, guys, what if we took some of this fantasy archetypal sequences on top of all that we do in the, in the self and entrepreneurial world and put it in a fantasy realm where you can explore yourself with a little bit of dis distance, but then bring all of that into your reality and pow, you're instantly in it. And it's been magical for us too, because guess what? We're having fun. We've been having fun yeah. doing this for a long time now. And people are like, wait a minute, you can have fun doing business? Well, why wouldn't you? I, have I mean, to hell, even Jeff Bezos got in a spaceship and went up to space. He said, I'm, Amazon's great, but I want to go to space. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about, man. This guy stepped down and said, I've run the business for 20 years. Money's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in having fun and exploring. I'm like, where have I heard that before? Well, good job, Jeff. Well done, mate. So that's the, that really makes the law of attraction a lot easier because often people are like, oh, I'm trying to attract money and I've got my vision board and my journey journal. They're doing all of these things, but they're not being these things. There's a difference between doing and being. Those are two different archetypes, right? That's your warrior versus your jester. Your warrior is the doer. Gonna go do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Great. You can do a lot of crap and never get where you want to go. I've done it too. Or you could just sit around and be and go, it's just going to come to me, bro. It's just, <laughs> I'm thinking about the Ferrari. It's just going to show up on my driveway. I just know it. Oh, shut up. Right. Come on, get off yeah. the ayahuasca. Come back down here for a second. I know grandmother's great. I've done grandmother and met with her many times, but let's be candid. If it was just think it and done, why would you come to planet earth? Good point. Good point. <laughs> you already know it. Well, no point. I just wanted to ask you this because you, yeah. your background is so unique between having your double PhD in psychology mm -hmm. and, and, cl and clinical hypnosis mm -hmm. and then being in, in production and having all these various aspects of things. I, I think know, are right? very, very wealth of, of knowledge and, and life experience. And I agree with you hundred percent. Not that I have an aversion to having wealth. I don't at all. I just look at abundance in my mind as happiness. Like you said, like fun. And with the pandemic that we've gone through, I think the ability to have fun would probably be the greatest superpower you could learn, right? To have fun with life and just be able to reflect within and enjoy every aspect of it, even with its challenges. And, and, and if you need proof, we'll use the pandemic as your blueprint to go do that. If you've never been around someone who has taken their last breath, who has taken the great journey, do it. Do it. I've done it multiple times. I've had the great honor. It just happened to happen again in April with one of our executives and, and their father. My father passed last year. There's something powerful about it because you, A, you see breath leaving. There's a key to that. And there's a big reason that we talk about that. But two, you get to the real reality check that, hey, guys, this thing has this ride's going to end, whether you like it or not. You can give all the money and distract and all this other crap, but they, they always the three are the same. I wish I'd spent more time with my family. 
I wish I had loved more and just absolutely enjoyed the whole thing back to fun again. And three, I wish I had traveled and experienced the things I really wanted to experience. All three of those base plates are based on the experience of fun. And if whatever your deity structure is, and whether you believe in the theory of one, whether it be afterlife, your Buddhism, I don't care. Whatever you believe in is up to you. But whatever you believe in, you in the current space suit you're in has an endpoint. There's only one noble truth on this planet. Nobody gets off this planet alive. And it's the great <laughs> That's the only truth. Everything else is a story, right? It's a quest. So as the great Alan Watts said, you know, life doesn't define death. Death defines your life. Death is eminent. Life's a choice. And you can choose to go have fun whether you have $2 to your name or $2 billion. It doesn't matter. The question is, are you having fun? And that's why you often see, and I'm, I'm now one of them as well, where people have gotten massive success and they've done these things and all of a sudden they go, What's that? Uh, this sucks. I'm up here by myself. You know, and I related, you know, to people, I give them a story inside the quest about Kilimanjaro. And I, I got to summit Kilimanjaro when I was 48 years old. Wow. And I've never Congratulations. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah. I've never summited a mountain in my life. I'm an ocean kid. I don't like anything above like 5,000 feet means cold. Travis avoids. Don't like cold. Done it. Been there. But I was called to it. And I was called to Africa. Matter of fact, we're, we're going back in 2022 and we, we take questers with us and say, look, let's put this in real life. But what Kilimanjaro taught me was that when you get to the top of Kilimanjaro, which is the seventh tallest mountain in the world, I mean, not, not like we did anything small. Let's just start off like, okay. So it's 19,341 feet at summit. And when you get there, you look around and you go, there's nobody here. <laughs> all that's there is a wooden stake that says, hey, you're one of the nut jobs that went all the way up to the top so you could touch the wooden pole, but now you got to get your butt back down. And it gave me two very powerful lessons that we talk about in the quest is, is, hey, you get to the top, it is lonely. Well, that sucks. Well, then you can have all the money in the world and be the loneliest person in the world. And we've all seen examples of that throughout history and in recent times. But two, getting to the top is not the end point. It's the halfway mark. You either have to go down the other side or you've got to go back the way you came. And what they don't tell you in the brochure is coming back down sucks. It's harder than going up. And you're going, man, that's going to be a hard climb. Try coming back down after you've been up there for six days. And I'll give you an example. For me, I went up at 215 pounds when I started the journey. Six days later, I came back. I was 190. Just like that. Pow. That's how fast it can be taken from you because your body starts to shut down. You're literally dying. And every breath matters, which brings us back to breathing. And so one of the things that we invite people in the quest is, and it's a, a, a Michelle, who is a, one of our quest masters and also the CEO of the company now, is she said, hey, look, you know, fear is just excitement without breathing. And I stopped and looked at that. And I went, whoa, 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 you need to, hold on a second. We need to back up. <laughs> and I started looking at the anatomy of it. If you look at the endorphin push and the adrenaline push in your body, fear and excitement are almost identical. There is one major difference when we're in fear mode of anything. This could be money, relationship, public speaking, going to the public bathroom. I don't care whatever it is. Whenever you get that moment, you literally stop breathing and you stop. Here's the problem. Your subconscious doesn't stop just because you stopped breathing, which means everything in that experience that's going on that's scaring you goes right into your subconscious and now starts becoming an automated process for you. 
So you can intend to have all this and all that and become all that. But if underneath you have a fear of blank or fear of experience or fear of people, that's what you're going to keep getting. And that's where people get really frustrated with the, the law of attraction. And, you know, why, why isn't it working for me, Jason? I must be one of the idiots in the room that didn't get the lucky number in the lottery. Line. <laughs> None of that's true. It's a difference between understanding what your wizard mind doing and your warrior heart is doing. And they're two very, very different things. But if you make it so complicated or you make it like, hey, Jason, bro, we got to sit on the side of a mountain and we got to do kumbaya for 40 days, bro. Because if you don't do that, you really haven't done the job. Uh, shut up. If that's fun for you, great. But the reality check, it's not that complicated. And that's just a lot of drama. And I know I've done it, too. I mean, God, I've been in the film and television since I was nine. I get it. But I'm going, wait a minute. Is If that's fun for you, journey on. If not, for the rest of us that don't qualify that as fun per se, if you just inject fun into it, it's by breathing. It's literally by breathing in that moment. And you're, then you're rewriting your subconscious in real time. And part of that is the self-hypnosis that we've all subscribed to. And I know you've experienced this because you've been through that. And it's, it's hey, it's a mind, body, spirit thing, Jason. That's the thing, bro. You got to go. No, that That's sequence is completely bass backwards. And here's why. Mind can't solve itself. So if you start asking the mind to be the point of entry for your change, for your manifestation, for your business, for your relationship, for your parenting, for that matter, you're screwed. You will stay there 99% of the time and you will get the wizard's curse, which is paralysis by analysis. So in, we teach in the quest called the EC formula. That's really the base plate of all of my work. And it's called the emotional compulsion formula. And that is when you get into fun, and again, you have it in spades. You, no one can take it away from you. You can never run out of it. Your bank account is always going to be bazillion dollars worth of fun is an analogy. When you're in that fun, your body then naturally has these billion soldiers in your body called cells. When they feel that emotion, they all start vibrating. You naturally change your vibratory level just by doing that. And then this little thing happens and it's kind of fun. And this is where the magic comes in and it makes it magical. Your subconscious immediately starts to tune in with that and pulls up all of the sequences, memory or fantasy. It doesn't matter because it doesn't know the difference of where everything in your life is fun and then tells that wizard conscious brain of yours, hey, everything out in here that resonates with fun, we're going to draw it to us. Now you're attracting what you want as far as energy is concerned. And then you can really give yourself the cool permission. And, I, and you of all people get it. You're a great practitioner of this, and I know you are. And people say, well, like attracts like, Jason. You know, <laughs> like, like attracts like. And I'm like, okay, so if you're like an asshole, does that mean you're attracting assholes? <laughs> so, but we don't want to own that part. We want to only the good part, right? And I'm like, well, I'm attracted to this. Well, what about all this stuff? Oh, that, you know, that's the universe. <laughs> oh, okay. Welcome, hypocrite. I know I'm a card-carrying member too. How about we do this? How about when you step back and you go, like can attract like, but like doesn't learn from like. Like learns from unlike. It stretches you to explore your warrior, your wizard, your bard, and your jester. So if I'm a wizard and Jason, you're a wizard and we're two wizards together, yeah, we're going to have a great time. We can have a beer. We can talk. We can analyze data to death, but we're never going to do anything. We're just going to think our way through a bunch of crap. And that's great if you want to be a philosopher and sit on a stone and talk, you know, like the great Alan Watts What's did. What's the meaning of life? <laughs> What's the meaning? In of life, have fun, simple, move on, right? But if we don't allow, especially in our business cultures and our sales forces and HR and how we're connecting from coaches and trainers and all the things that we work with in the quest, we're like, guys, you may be a wizard. That's awesome. 
but you need to balance your archetypal team with a warrior and a bard and a jester because they're going to give you the thinker, the doer, the feeler, and the beer. Now, all of a sudden, that steering wheel that drives your car is driving this way balanced as opposed to there's a bunch of wizards that can analyze the crap out of everything but never get anything done. Or the bunch of doers, warriors that are just, go, you got to go, got to go, got to go. You're getting, you're doing a bunch of crap, but are, what are you really doing? Why are you doing it? Because you don't have the wizard involved, so on and so forth. So when you look at it from that respect, like does attract like. But move, move into places that are unlike your normal self of your archetypal, and now all of a sudden you'll attract all these other unlikes, and you go, you know what? I prefer to stay in wizard, or I prefer to stay in warrior, but Jason, he's a powerhouse wizard. Cool. Wizard, show me the data. All right, warrior, go do based on what you learn. Or hey, bard, you're the feelers. You're the passionate ones. Here's the message, that from the data from the wizard and the doing that the warrior does. Now you're going to be our messenger because you love that thing. You love the feel of it. It's another other experience. And now all of a sudden it becomes fun because now the role playing that we all try to play, well, Jason, I'm a CEO and you're the CMO and they're the CFO. And that sounds really great at cocktail parties that nobody gives a shit about. But in the reality, it's like, yo, Super wizard. We need some data, bro. Show us that. Analyze the crap out of it because you're in your bailiwick. You're going to have fun. Then we're going to take that data off your hands and put it in the doer's hands. And then we're going to put it in the feeler's hands. So everybody's playing in their bailiwick. And now all of a sudden your quest for your business, for your success, for your coaching, your facilitator, whatever you're doing, your live events becomes fun. And that's what the quest is really all about. And the quest of my life as well, as well as my, my partners, is to go, what if we made business fun again? Because the old, yeah, we make make it fun again, right? I pick up stuff as I do interviews and psychically, I'm telling you this. I wrote down earlier that you're going to have something with fun and fundraising. I don't know what that's relating to, if that's a future thing you're going to work on or something. Oh, God, yes. Absolutely. Fun and fundraising or funding. Yeah. You're going to get involved in something with that. I love you. I love you. I love everything about you. I love that. Audience, let's be candid. This is the first time we've been really engaging. So everything you're seeing is organic. So you want to see how it works? Here it is in real time. I'll make I'll make an announcement on this show if you'll allow me to that sure, we have not do. publicly released yet that goes right along with what you said and confirming that intuitive ability of yours. Not that you need my confirmation, but everybody likes a little, you know, hey, great job, brother. Well done. And so there's a new show that's coming out called America's Real Deal. And part of what the quest does is you go through the quest to set up your business growth capital. So it goes from founder to funding to fortune. And now you get you get to apply to come onto the show of America's Real Deal. Here's the difference, though. The celebrity judges, they're not the ones that get to invest in the company. The audience does. The audience now gets a chance to get a look at all these great companies that we would have never in history get to look at before from $100 up to $5 million, You can invest in real time because you're seeing the CEOs and the mentors are guiding them. Well, I just found out I'm the new host of that show. Congratulations. <laughs> it's helping companies finally get funded that are great creativity, but we're doing it together. It's not the, hey, the 1% are getting more of the 1%. Great. Good for you. You guys are all billionaires. Do your 180 foot yachts. That's awesome. For the other 85% of the world that makes up the, the mom and pop entrepreneurs of our GDP, they don't get a chance to do PPM investments. They don't get a chance to, to meet and talk to the CEOs and the executives of all these creative people that come with great ideas that get gobbled up before we ever see them and hope to God we get some IPO on the, on the stock market somewhere. Those days are over. So when you just talked about fun and funding, I'm like, <laughs> that's yeah. your philosophy. Yeah, that's your like, mantra right there. In my yeah, opinion. it is. Well, we, you're, it's funny you mentioned it because our, our mantra for the quest is making business fun again because it's fun. And Absolutely. if it's not fun, stop. Because Absolutely. 
Yeah. Here's, here's another one. The sock. I ahead. wouldn't even doubt, like when you were talking about raising your cell, your cellular vibrating and all that. And I think of raising your vibration. I say that all the time, how we can raise our, our vibration energetically. And oh. I feel like that goes in sync with what you're saying. And another thing I got was you teaching people to have fun coming outside of their comfort zone. Totally occurs when you're out. Why wouldn't you want to be out of your comfort zone? Explore the parts of you that are hidden in the dungeon of your own castle that you buried and you're too scared to look at because you might find out that, you know, when you were 15, you didn't, you know, you went to kiss the your your first girl or guy and you messed it up and you feel like an idiot. Well, go look at that and have fun with it and go, yep, I completely screwed that one up, but I'm gonna practice nowadays with my significant other. Why not? But when you look, when we talk about deep transformational work, and I know I was steeped in it for 15 years of deep transformational work and really heady stuff that made it sound like I'm, you know, I, I speak another language to other people. Sometimes I do, but it's like, but it's not fun. Who the hell wants to sign up for that? <laughs> I, I watch people go through therapy, go through transformations and go through, I mean, they become transformational junkies. And I'm like, guys, do you not understand? You're just transferring one habit to another. Codependency is codependency. Anyway, you freaking slice it. But you are already this amazing architect. You just hypnotized yourself to stuff it all down and believe that you're not, which further validates you're a creator. You're just creating what you don't want because you haven't got this thing aligned and make it fun because when it's fun, you'll change your vibration automatically. It's infectious. Everybody wants to be around a fun experience. And the best way to do that, and you've seen this on social media and they're great examples, is just start dancing in the middle of the street for no freaking reason. And not to impress any, and I can prove it. I've done this. We were in Thailand. I don't dance well, but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> we, did, we, we actually tested this to prove it. We were in Thailand with a bunch of our graduate students. We said, we're on this trip. And we went to Kosan Road, and we just stopped in the middle of the road of these two clubs. And we're looking, we looked around, and went, there's a bunch of music playing, but nobody's dancing. So the four of us started, we just started dancing right in the middle of the street. We didn't give a crap. Next thing you know, we had 300 people jamming in the street. You couldn't walk through the road. Everyone's, and nobody knew each other, but we all knew each other. And it was the base plate of just have fun because people want to do that too. The problem is our wizard mind, we judge ourselves so ruthlessly. I mean, we are harsh. I know, I know I'm a card carrying member. I can destroy <laughs> traffic in three seconds. Bah! But that's the judgment of what the world says you have to be. And I'm like, wait a minute, time out. If you're a creator, you can create anything. But if you don't believe that you can create it, that's where we got to go. And that's the first thing we got to attack. And the first and easiest way to do that, the ground floor level is have fun. And people go, well, you got to be serious in business. Have fun with that. Later. I want to ask you this. What do you think about manifestation and having the and, and professional athletes? Because this is something that intrigues me. Do you think that Professional athletes are, are master manifestors that they have the skill and the precision in their life that they get good at their skill and they, they practice and learn through these types of, of mindsets and paradigms. Or do you, what's your viewpoint on that? Yeah, great question. Do I think they're masters? I don't know if I'm qualified to answer who's a master and who's a not. I think we're all sure. masters that are waiting to be revealed. I can go there. My experience with, the, with top performing athletes and having been one myself is look, through practice and holding a certain space, right? Meaning fun in particular, as an example, yeah, you will create things that you cannot ever possibly imagine. Your, your imagination, I know you, I know we all think our imagination is amazing and it is, but it ain't that big. It ain't as big as the universe. So just calm down. You're a grain of sand in this big beach of the universe. So relax a little bit and let the magic happen. And I think what athletes do so well is because they're so connected to their body. I mean, if you're a football player, if you're a golfer, you're a hockey player, your entire body is your boardroom. You need to know everything that's going on. And they do it in a way that's non-thought processing. 
they're present. They're literally in a state. We call it the zone. You know, they're, they're flowing. Great. Bottom line is, isn't that state available all the time? The difference is sports shows us that we can do it when we get, take ourselves out of what we think it's supposed to look like and just feel our way through the freaking thing. I don't really feel like going up against a 325 pound lineman because I, you know, I've been work, I've worked with NFL guys and I'm like, I don't want to get hit by that. That will knock, just knock me right out of my body. I'm not interested. Get hit by a bus. <laughs> yeah, literally. And you know what? A bus might be easier, right? Because the bus will stop, right? These guys go right through you. And I get that. I love that. But like, let's take golf, for example. And I've got 46 years of experience in golf and I've coached on the PGA Tour for 10 years. That entire game is an inside job. It is the perfect example of an inside job and yet a physical expression because the ball doesn't move. It's the, one of the few sports that's non-reactive. It's responsive. And that's what makes it such a great map to go, hey, why don't we go play golf so that we can bring up all this stuff in you, why you want to throw the club and why you want to yell at the gopher and why you want to snap your club and this game sucks. And like, that's the stuff that's keeping you from attracting you what you really want. I know it cost me a golf career because I did it too, which is why I always tell people what makes me a great head coach is I was a head case first. I've been there. I know what it, I know what it feels like to lose it, to crack, to go. I spent my whole life doing this and now it just went away in 30 seconds or less but it didn't really go away. It was a wake up call to go, you're not on your path, Travis. Yes, you like golf and yes, you have to be good at it and you're a great coach, but you don't love it. And you know, people are like, well, you gotta be in love. And I'm like, I wasn't in love. And I, but I hypnotized myself to believe that I was. What I really wanted was love of my father. I wanted my dad to approve of me. And when I finally owned that, well, yes, dad, I appreciate that you're my father, but you love the game. I like it. That's, that's your journey. God bless you. This is my journey. I'm a people person. I'm PT Barnum has had a massive influence on my life to this day. And I always have admired PT from the perspective that he had two major things. One, he built a 110 year brand without the internet, without wireless phones, without zoom, without social media, all these things that you think you need. I'm like, he did it, but he did it with the base plate philosophy and his base plate philosophy. His famous quote was, you know, the most noblest of arts is making people happy. Well, Jason, I have no clue how to make people happy, but I damn sure know how to make you have fun. And it's the same ideology. What if we took the circus tent of business and everybody plays a role? The audience plays a role. The elephants play a role. The trapeze play a role. You know, the lions play a role. The three ring circus. All of us play a role. And I'm not saying acting. I'm saying expressing. And that goes back to the archetypal symbology that we start to teach inside the quest so that you can build your team correctly and in balance. So the car of your business drives down the road that you want and has fun because everyone wants to go on a road trip, but nobody wants to drive in a beat up car that's all messed up that you constantly have to repair all the time. And you're arguing all the time and we have that road trip that would I, I analogize, it's like um, National Lampoon's vacation, right? You don't wanna take that road trip with your parents and your siblings like, oh, this sucks, um, get me out of this car. But if I say, yo, Jace, here's the deal. We're going to go take off. We're going to go to Africa. We're going to be a land cruiser for six hours in the middle of the Serengeti, bounce up and down. And there's lions over here and there's water buffaloes over there. Man, we're present. Everybody's in. And that's how our business could be. And people go, well, Travis, you're making light of it. I'm like, okay, then make it heavy. You choose. You know, interesting as you just said all this, because I analyze things as you're talking, I'm learning from you from our conversation. Our audience is learning from you and I'm learning from you. When you brought up Mount Kilimanjaro and that you went to the top and the summit, that's like... That's like, for me, I, I did a marathon 10 years ago in my grandfather's wow. honor when he died. Yeah. And people think that, oh, you're running a marathon. Oh, you're climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. 
yeah, we do those things. And it's all, a lot of it's in the mind and, the, and, and how our oh. physical body responds, right? The limitations exist here. <laughs> when you unlock those limitations and you get to the top of that mountain, now you got to go back down <laughs> and you're like, oh, this isn't the fun part, right? No. So like, no. how did you reconcile that in your mind, knowing that you yeah. accomplished this amazing task? You know what? It's a great question. And I, I have to credit my friends in, in Tanzania or Tanzania, however you like to pronounce it. Some are different. My, it was myself, my climbing buddy and my, and our guide and our guide had summited 200 times. He goes, look, I, I know who you guys are. I've done some things. I get it. You're in a different world now. I'm like, oh, I admit it. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm just here. He said, look, there's a thing we have in uh, the local language. It's called poly poly. And what it means is slowly, slowly, and then the back half behind that is one step, one breath. And that's the lesson I taught myself was he said, look, go slowly, slowly. I'm like, what the hell does slowly mean? I, and I had to meditate on it because as like you said, with the marathon, same with Kilimanjaro, the illusion is that you're talking, you're having a good time, you're Latin. Bullshit. You're trying to breathe. You don't give a crap about anything except for <sighs> because you've never had that kind of oxygen deprivation and your body goes into this shock of what the heck are you doing, Fox? And it starts to shut down. And yet you're asking it to do more and more physical tasks, which are driven by your mentality. And what I got to do is realize that and my breath pattern was when I started at the bottom was one breath, four steps, one exhale, four steps. Then the next one was three, then it was two. And then as you get to the summit, it's literally one step, one breath. And that breathing is a part of what we bring back through Sifu John Goff. We bring in through holotropic and somatropic breathing. We say, well, how often in business do we walk into a boardroom? We've got to make this big presentation and we go, <gasps> we stop breathing, but you've got to breathe life into it. That's what manifesting is all about. Every theology on the planet says breath of life. I don't care which one it is. Pick one, right? Okay. Well, if it's good enough for God and the universe, maybe we might want to just try it, try it on precise, right? And so what I learned at Kilimanjaro was, yes, it's a hundred percent mental. I had to pull out every one of my archetypes and there's 16 in our system. I had to pull them all out. And I went through them all. I went through stuff with my father. I went through with my mother. I went stuff with my ex-wife uh, who I'm dear friends with to this day. I went stuff with myself where I was like, can I really do this? What the heck are you doing on a mountain, Travis? You're going to die. You have no idea what the hell you're doing, man. You are literally going into the great beyond puns intended, and you're going to die in this mountain. There's no 911. There's no one that's going to rescue you. It's you in that mountain. And that mountain's been there a billion years and she ain't moving, man. That is her <laughs> turf. You got to respect it. And I realized, I was like, wow, you know what? I, I haven't been breathing a lot in the last five years. I have been gasping for air, but I haven't been really breathing. And it, that's when you know, I started to recognize the differences between fear and excitement because I was both. There were moments I was scared out of my skin and thought, and I had my moment with God per se, where I, I had that moment, I'm going to die here. I'm going to freaking die. And there's no rescuing. And that, when that comes over you, and I'm sure you have it in a marathon, there's a point where your body just goes, I'm done. I don't give a crap, Jason. We ain't going one step further. Have you heard of hitting the wall? I hit on the oh, wall. I, I hit the wall at mile 22. This is a long time ago, but oh, yeah. I remember I, every muscle in my leg cramped up and this really nice volunteer gave me a banana and some fluids and it, 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 it resolved. But right. Interesting as you as you raise these things, because I'm thinking to myself, one of the things that you kind of just made me think of from my own personal experience of doing marathon training is to accomplish certain things, you got to break it into its smaller parts. You got to break it down. And breath work for me as a psychic, I take three deep breaths before I do any readings. Like when I tune into people's energies, I do the whole breath in, breath out three times. And I find even when I meditate, the breathing and all that, it's like a secret power within ourselves that we have that's unlimited, infinite. 
It is. It is the kryptonite to everything you have done to yourself holding you back. I'm living proof. Right. I tell people just because I teach it doesn't mean I'm a you know I'm godlike. No way. Yeah, we're still human too. We still make yeah, our like, own moments and yeah. you know. I'm like, look, I'm a big dork and a big ham. And just because I have all these these things around me that's supposed to say I'm this and that, let me solve it for you. I'm a big dork who likes to have fun. I'm still a kid. I'm a 50-year-old, 16-year-old, and I'm gonna stay that way. It doesn't mean I can't be serious, it doesn't mean I can't go into you know other realms of myself. It means if my base plate energy. My breath is breathing fun into everything. I continue to vibrate at that space. I don't have to think about it because when I think about it, I screw it up. I get involved, but it was never designed for us to be involved. That's the thing. And part of that is our sequence, mind, body, spirit, as opposed to the EC formula. And when I, when I finally, when that was downloaded from the universe, I was like, oh crap. It's not the issues of what the things are. It's the sequence that we're doing it in. And it unlocked everything. And that's what made gamification of entrepreneurialism and self-transformation and growing your business all come together for all of us. And it was a two-year project to bring the quest to life. And now, obviously, it's to life. But to bring that together and to see that vision. And by the way, Kilimanjaro taught me that, too. I can I see pretty far. I'm a natural. You know, I'm, a, I'm an architect. To me, it's normal. But even then, at Kilimanjaro, I'm looking up there going... Damn, that's a long way up there. Uh, I see it. I have no idea how we're like going to get there. Climbing the moon to the moon, it. right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're up there, you're like, damn, this is high. This, uh, this planes fly up here and they have oxygen. And I'm up here and I don't have oxygen. What am I There's doing? There's no the push. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> uh, can, can I get a Bloody Mary, please? Or can I get a, you know, anything? Can I put my seatbelt on? There's no seatbelt. <laughs> Got it. Okay. So it was a really cool experience. And we walk you through it in a metaphoric way. And what, you know, what I really specialize with people is, and is what's called thematic learning or theme learning and taking you on these vision quests. When you do this, there's something that happens that's magical. And the best way I can describe it is you tap in to that bigger part of who you are. You, you can analyze it all you want. You can do all you want. You can sit there and play the roles all you want. But until you just get into that immersion, right? And it becomes literally, you go, oh my gosh, I'm in this world, whatever world you're transporting yourself to. Because again, you are the creator of it. Why not? You transport it by that immersion. Well, it becomes fantastically you know, compelling. You just keep moving. It moves itself. And it's like riding a wave as a surfer. Once you're on that wave, man, you're riding it, bro. And yeah, sometimes you're going to fall off and smack your head. Sometimes you're going to come out, shoot through the tunnel. You're going to get sprayed out. Sometimes you're going to go, well, that wave was a dud, but you're in it. And as long as you're in it, you will create your world faster with more fun and more results than all your cognitive thinking that you could possibly imagine. I don't care who you are. Every business goes through that magical moment where the, the, the founders and the creators and, the, and the, the entrepreneurs, the CEOs, the employees all come together and go, we're doing this. And it's a natural shift that happens emotionally. And when that happens, our vibration naturally changes. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to go well, Jason, I'm going to sit around. I've got to do 23 minutes of kumbaya so that I make sure I'm fully centered because if I'm not fully centered, then this board meeting is going to be like crap. I'm like, well, that's an interesting creation. You just said it's going to be crap. I'm like, you know, so when you look at it, you go, look, guys, if we just are willing to have fun, take a breath for a moment, turn fear into excitement. It's just by breathing. Holy crap. You get to go into the theme park of transformation, which is called Earth. You know what? That changes it. Interesting. It's a couple of things, a couple of observations. Yeah, One, being a lawyer, I practice law during my days, right? Nobody in the legal profession knows how to have fun when they do their work, right? I don't think 
that's a fun thing at all for anybody. So I love to be able to do this in my after hours and on my weekends and my secondary gig, so to speak. My Why not? I well, love that you have it. Let, let's tie that in. My elder son is a lawyer. Okay. Georgetown graduate understand. lawyer. And, 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 and my partner's a lawyer too. We actually have a part of the, the functionality in the quest. <laughs> Both of them. And I have yet to meet one who has truly said, I said, you know, I've, I thought about going back to school to be a lawyer. I just want to see what they say. Every one of them goes, you don't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm like, but isn't that what you do? And they're like, yeah, but there's but school. it's not fun. It's not yeah, fun. There's school and there's reality and reality sucks. And I was like, oh, well, good to know. The reason I share that with you, I think it's refreshing to think that you could say to a room of people, we're going to have fun today. Like if you could do that and teach people I that, and, and I know you do, I just think it's refreshing because I would love to have the ability to work in an environment where you're learning to have fun while you're working and having the ability to do so all under the same Absolutely. auspices. Of, yeah, take that knowledge and put fun in it. And also now these other things come out of you. And we, when my, we do our live and we work with corporations, we come in, you know, most people are like, oh God, we got to go to another training because they told me how to listen to this. I was crap. I've heard this last year from somebody else. I don't want to hear this. We walk in the room and go, okay, here's what's going to happen. And we walk you through this thing. It takes about 15 minutes and we, the room splits, right? And we, we teach you how to be where you was a bar and jester. And then it's like a mosh pit. We slam them all back together and they've got to find the missing pieces and they got to do it in 10 minutes. We teach you to ask two questions. You can create a psychological profile of the person you're talking to and find the missing piece. And now we're connecting Wow. I've done this with accountants, financial. I haven't done other group. I've had lawyers in the room, but not all lawyers, but I think that would be a hell of a thing to do. I'm like, why? I think it would be an interesting event for you because you get to see firsthand how to we learn as lawyers how to have fun. I think having fun is part of the core of our mission, as you call it your quest. But actually it's the core of our mission because if anything we've learned in the last two years, having fun is preservation. It's it's oh my uh, gosh. it's given us oh the ability, gosh. it's a coping mechanism, it's a healing modality, basically. It, it's a being modality. Be it. Have fun. I mean, think about this again. Life, you know, life's a choice. Death is eminent. Yes. It's coming, family. The court is ruled. The jury's out. Death is coming, bro. I don't care. You send torts. You send motions. It's not going to work. You're not negotiating with the universe. What the universe is saying is, are you done negotiating with yourself? That's it. Are you done? If you're not cool, it's your journey. But guess what? You're only coming this time as Jason. You're only coming time as this Travis. You may come back as a donkey's ass if you're not aware of it, depending on your belief structure, or you may never come back. So are you willing? Are you just willing? And this is what scares the crap out of people in business and in their own transformation is to go, think about it. You've already transformed. Who we were when we were 20, brother, is not who we are now in, yeah. in, in our state. We transform naturally. Sometimes it's happened to us. We think it happens for us, but that's a justification. Sometimes we just walk into an electric fence because our friend told us if you pee on it, it won't hurt. Yeah, it does. It hurts like hell. It hurts. And, and you only have to do it once because you remember, you're like, damn, that woke me up. Okay, I'm going to go do it to somebody else because I don't want to be the only spark that fell for that joke, right? And that becomes our rite of passage of how we, we teach each other in a fun way. But when you look at it, you go, there's a difference between it happening to you, meaning life or school of hard knocks, or you consciously and subconsciously align yourself because that's what's really happening. We're really trying to bring our subconscious and our shadow up to the conscious level. And now we're making choices versus decisions. Decisions are an automated process. Choices are activated. So when you look at that, you go, am I choosing or am I deciding? People go, well, they're the same. Try it on. Let me know. I guarantee you they're completely different. They're completely different. I got something else to share with you as you were just telling yeah, me. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt in the future, if you're not involved in some type of venture, I call it a venture. That's like almost like a law of attraction channel or some type of 
platform where people can tune in 24 seven to hear it might be on Gaia or something, but you might get involved with something with producing something that's in the future, like 2022, 2023. Cause I literally had, I get clairvoyance. It pops up and and literally while you were talking, I had an image of you meeting with people for a platform to put this stuff. I did these ideas to an audience of people. And I think that that's going to be a hit for you. So when you get the opportunity from your mouth to the universe's ears, because I'm just telling you, cause I pick up stuff in conversations, interviews, and I just, I think I just, decided on my show when you know when i first started my show four years ago i wouldn't openly talk about psychic stuff to people but at this stage of my life now the confidence i have i have no worries about it. but you're gonna have something that comes up with that and i think it's gonna be a very lucrative i received that so that, that would so, be that would be a, a checkbox for me because we've, we've done films we've done television shows but we've never been able to go here it is just it's like, it's like launching a platform like a 24 7 platform i think it, it's going to be something integrated between like streaming and also mixed in with uh, an app and a website and something with one of the larger platforms that you're going to be integrated. Well, it's funny you should mention that because two out of the three have already happened. We just launched the Quest app. You can go download it on Apple or, or on Android. It's UBQ on Ultimate Business Quest. You can download it. And by the way, it's 36 bucks, people. Give me a break. We've taken money out of the. If you can't put 36 bucks into your own journey, stop bitching. Save us all the trouble. You can even use an Uber ride for 36 bucks around your city. So you can go to McDonald's with your boyfriend or girlfriend for 36 bucks. You can buy a bucket of chicken at KFC and it's going to cost you 30 bucks. Calm down. You've got 25 hours of the most amazing adventure that's going to give you everything you need to go from founder to funding to a fortune and go beyond, but have fun doing it. So the app's done. So thank you. There's your confirmation. URL is obviously already there. The platform, at least in the interim, and maybe this is where you can give me some clarity because that's your gift, is America's real deal is that, okay, now we can help you get in, get yourself shaped up, get your company ready, boom, put you on the show and let the audience fund you. Let the audience fund you. Oh, I just got clarity. You just asked me for clarity and my spirit guides gave it to me. I think you're going to do America's real deal. You're going to do that for a while and you're going to integrate the things together from the experience of it. And you you have some very creative energy yourself, but you have other people around you who are very creative and you get downloads. You're going to bounce these ideas off somebody and then someone else is going to come up with the idea of integrating the stuff from America's real deal, the audience, all the side, whatever the success of it, it's going to integrate the two. And I actually think you may have another app beyond your, your app. I think this will be something that's more neutral. That's a it's like a lighthouse. I get the image of a lighthouse leading into the right direction. Leading. Oh, I love you. I love you. I, <laughs> I receive all of that. And you uh, right now, I'm, I'm vibrating so high. I feel like I'm, I'm high, but I'm good with that. Cool. Here's the thing. One of the icons of the Ultimate Business Quest is the castle or the turret, which is our lighthouse, because you always know where the turret is in the castle. And you always have to make sure that you when you approach, you, you know, you lift your thing as a knight so you don't get shot by the archer who's sitting up there going, don't approach the castle. So that's been our icon. So thank you for that. And two, I love that because what I want to do is spend, and I told, I told my entire team, I said, when I turned 50 last year, I said, look, I'm not going to be the same man I was the first 49 years. I'm not saying he was bad or good. I'm just saying he held back. He held things back. He didn't fully release all of his fun. I've had amazing experiences and I've loved my life, but I've held back and that's my fault. So from 50 on, it's going to be full steam ahead. We're going to have fun. We're going to have adventures. We're going to have highs, lows. We're going to laugh or talk. We're going to be sober. We'll be drunk. We'll do all these things because guess what? We're on the back nine of life, man. So let's go. And so when I hear that, I go, absolutely. Because one of the things that's been the, the quest of my life and now coming together and thank you for the, thank you for the confirmation and the bigger oh. blueprint is it should be us investing. I mean, look, think about it. We built this country on a good old fashioned barn raising. Everybody came to town to build Jason's barn. And then we went over and we built 
Bob's barn and we built Mary's barn and everybody felt connected because we invested. That's the two by four I put up and that's the roofing that I did. And there wasn't money involved. There was love and passion and fun and something that lasted the test of time commonly called a legacy. Well, that's what this brings together for me and the entire team with the quest. And by the way, to your point, there's six other realms in the entire in the entire series that we haven't even released yet. So it's a sequence of how we do this. But again, all gamified, all fun. But the show, the brilliance of the executive producer. And when I when I met him, I went, I don't know if you realize this, brother, but you have connected the dots for me. That's taken me three decades to find where the show that makes sense that I could actually stand up as the host of the show, look the audience dead in the camera and go, this is about us rebuilding our fortunes, rebuilding our countries. And guess what? Doing it together. So we're not competing against each other. We're Lavery. not co-creating that's manifesting. So when, when they said, Hey, cause I actually went there and I was, I was just doing a speech. I was like, okay, I, I don't even really know what's going on. And next thing I know, uh, the president of the company comes beelining over to me and says, I need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh God, uh, shit, did I say something? I'm sorry. And I just kind of go in the flow in a minute. And she said, absolutely not. She said, she said look, uh, I want you to be a part of the show. Would you be willing? And as the, you know, the, the time progressed over that week, they said, we want you to be the host of the show. Do you understand? I said, yeah, I'm PT. That's, so that's my role, man. I yeah. love talking to the audience, talking to the judges, talking to people, because that's that's it. That's you so, having fun. <laughs> what a concept. I was like, Hey, last name's Fox. I'm all about fun. They both have three letters. They both start with F. It's easy to remember. Like I got to share this with you when you were talking earlier about your purpose, your, your beyond 50 and beyond. It was yeah, 55 man. my time in Tampa time. And I always look at synchronicities like you talk about synchronicities. Yeah. And I confirm synchronicities when I'm talking to somebody, when they say something, if there's a special time like that, 555, which is an angel number, right? At least that's what I, I flow in that. And I'll say that everything you just talked about being 50 plus and all the things you're going to accomplish, you're going to do. And you're going to do with relative ease because of the life lessons you learned the first 49 years of your life. And the universe is confirming to me to share that with you. So you know that because that's something that know and understand that you are, you're, you basically have taken all the skill sets you need to accomplish and achieve. And now it's all about doing and showing others by experience, your thematic learning. Yeah, man. I, I, I want to take a moment, breathe that in. I'm getting emotional on that because that, that means a lot to me because, uh, I, I'm, you know, when I was younger, I was accused of being too intense, too passionate too. And I'm like, compared to what? what does that mean? So, you know, you get into the stuffing thing of a role. And one of the things we talk about is the piece of you that's trying to fit in is what robs you of your piece. So the piece versus the piece, and it robbed me of mine. And I don't hold anybody responsible. I chose that path. I chose the, the road less traveled to go down that route, but I really received that. And that means a lot to me because this team, I love my fellow quest masters. We are friends. We teach each other. We laugh and joke. If you see the behind the scenes as, I mean, cause the people don't know this, but the, you know, the apps already won eight awards, Wait, eight, <laughs> won six communicators It won two tellies because of how we filmed it. And I got to direct some of the greatest teachers I've ever met who are my dear friends now. And we quest together, but we also stay in our respective lane. So when we say, Hey, look, Aaron's going to take you here. Or Michelle's going to take you there. Or Sifu John's going to take you there. It's not competitive. It's no, I really admire and love the way these people teach because I've learned from them too. And then they toss it back and it becomes this beautiful tapestry of pieces just fitting together like a puzzle, like they're supposed to do. And every puzzle piece fits. And that's when it started to wake up and we went, you know what? What if we did this for the next 50 years? And we just took all the stuff we did for the last 49, which was really cool, a lot of fun, a lot of money, a lot of people involved, a lot of but it's really laborious. It's not fun. It sucks. How about we just take the next 50 years and we just 
busted. So thank you for that confirmation. Oh, yeah. I received that because uh, it's it's very rare that a, a host of a show, especially someone like you and someone who's got that kind of audience that goes, I need to reflect this for you, bro. I just need you to hear it. Right. I was like, wow, thank you, man. That means that means a lot. And it shows me you're really on your own path as well. And you're being authentic. So God bless you. We need more lawyers like you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know what? For these, I have to say, it's it's like I learn every day. I get the duties with my podcast and having interviews with someone like you on the show. Not only does our audience benefit from your point of view and your perspective, but I feel like what you've accomplished and what you've done, you're very authentic yourself. And everything that you're going through right now has happened for a reason. And it's meant to really show others. You call it thematic learning. I think it's more, meant to help others demystify the challenges that life presents to us. Having an autistic child, having setbacks, having, you know, whatever those are. I had cancer three years ago, whatever it is that plagues us, right? That we, we learn to get past and beyond and put our mind and wrap our, our mind around it so we could be the best versions of ourselves and have fun along the way. Because I think that's what we really need to do. Yeah. And I love when you say the word fun, I, I think back to the good times of life and it automatically makes right? me want to smile, right? And right? Then, what a concept. I'm like... I mean, I think, remember that I thing we used to do in the in the playground? The playground, playground, playground. Well, let's see, you're grounded when you're playing. Just reverse the sequence of the words and you got it. I'm like, you learned everything you needed to know in kindergarten. Everything else is just superfluous narrative of an adventure. Calm down. But I love what you're saying because that, you know, being having an autistic parent and being one and all the autistic parents out there and neurotypical parents, too, it doesn't matter. It's still there's that piece of the puzzle that the child brings to us because yeah. they're still in the being mode when we're young and we're so busy trying to don't do as I say, do it. You know, don't do as I do is do as I say. Why? Because that that's you not being authentic. And the child goes, you're full of crap, dad. And an autistic will definitely call you out and go, uh, that's not true. And you got to, you get to strip all that stuff away. And then the piece that was trying to fit in all of a sudden comes back and you realize uh, the, the pieces already fit. I was too busy trying to make them fit a different way when it already fit and you get out of your own damn way and you have fun. And yes, having fun. I know people go, well, Travis, come on, man. You know, you've got this and they give you, I've heard every excuse in the book and I'm sure you have too, Jason. I'm like, okay, are you done? In fact, we even addressed that in the quest. There's a whole thing called the pit of excuses. I'm like, this is all the BS you tell yourself to quit. And before you commit, you were, you, you didn't even, you said you were going to finish the quest. You stopped when you got, when you had to look yourself in the mirror the first time, even though it was fun, you look at something, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, why not? You mean, you'd rather beat your head against the wall and keep expecting to be a door and you think I'm nuts. I'm like, okay, let me know how that works out for you. And I'm like, I've done it. You know? So I got a few knots in my head because beating my head against the wall going, yeah, I can make it happen. I can force it into the universe. I'm a oh, whatever. Stop. The simplest thing. And I think you you would definitely resonate with this. And I'm, I'm so vibrated with you. I'm so in love with you right now. I'm like, thank God, a host that's willing to go there with me, right? Just go. Is I always remind people, uh, and we actually talk about this in the quest. I'm like, look, guys, you want to remind yourself it's the easiest thing on the planet. You know, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream, merrily, merrily, merrily. Life is but a dream. And it is the metaphor of everything. Flow with it because the universe already knows where you're going to go and what's better for you. And the moment we say, well, I'm going to put this on my vision board and it's got to look just like that red Ferrari in that picture. And if it doesn't, then universe pound sand. I'm like, so what you basically just said is I'm going to go up against the stream of the universe with my little rowboat and I'm going to outdo that. I'm like, you know, I did that once too. And I ran right down into a rock. My boat sank. I had to swim to shore. And I was like, what the hell did I just do? I just blew my entire vision. I blew my company. I blew my marriage. What the hell are you doing, Fox? And I started to realize I was anti-flow. 
We're anti-flow. And that's because down here, the stuff that we're afraid to talk about, which we're still carrying, even if you stuff it down, we're still carrying it. And the reason we're afraid to talk about it is because it doesn't sound like fun. It isn't something that we go, well, I don't really want to go do shadow work, Jason, because down in the shadows of my dungeon, you know, there's guilt and there's shame and there's resentment and there's trauma and there's, I don't want to go back there. I'm like, you never left. It's <laughs> you're carrying it, bro. I hate to break it to you, but you're still doing it. So you can think all the crap you want. And I love Dr. Wayne Dyer. I mean, he's taking the great journey, but you know, that whole power of intention, I'm like, time out. Have you heard that old cliche that says uh, the road to hell is paved with good intention? I'm like, doc, their intentions don't mean anything if the shadow, which is the essence of you, the real energetic of you is mired in the dungeon. If it's in the dungeon of guilt and shame and unfulfilled potential, and I'm not good enough and blah, 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 and all the crap that we tell ourselves, that's what you're manifesting. All you're doing up here is blowing even more energy, paddling upstream as fast as you can. Go, no, no, Jason, I'm getting there, bro. We're making progress. See, we're five feet in front of that rock. Look what we're doing. I'm like, great, you're five feet. We're three miles down the river and we've had a beer and a great time and got a suntan. And the river did the flow for us. What a concept. I'm like, geez, you know, but we are so steeped in control of our wizard mind. And I'm like, guys, if you want to know how intelligent you are, go look at a dead body. It's yeah. decomposing your dirt, which is why we talk to people saying, well, geez, Travis, you're dumb as dirt. I am. My brain is made of dirt. It will be dirt when I die. Go check me out about six months after I'm gone. That body won't be there. So when you look at that, I'm not saying you're not intelligent. What I'm saying is you're educated, but you're intuitively intelligent here. When you tap into that, wow, life changes all by itself. But we're so scared to let go and just flow, man. And I know I spent the first 20 years of my career going, I'm Dr. Fox. I'm in control, Jason. I know I did it. And lawyers do it too. I got all my lawyer friends and I'm like, so when you're done making an argument, how about you make a conversation? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yes. Make a conversation. You don't have to make an argument, but that's what lawyers are trained to do. You eloquently know that better than I do. And I'm like, but I don't want to argue. That's, I'm not saying that there aren't things that happen in law that aren't necessary. I get it. I'm not a lawyer and I don't want to act like I am. But I understand enough to know that making an argument at a base plate, how does a lawyer disconnect from being a lawyer? I mean, you're right. It's, I don't it's know. We don't disconnect. It's like you being who you are. I'll sit in a restaurant and if somebody drops a, a napkin on the ground, my brain's analyzing tort liability, premises liability for the owner of this place. I'll go pick up that napkin and hand it to them and say, why anyone's slipping on this? Or if there's a slip. Yeah. I oh, by the way, I'm a PI attorney. <laughs> I, I don't do that area of work, but that's the way my brain, I took five bars. Uh, absolutely. I, I can look at someone and literally within seconds, I know their profile. I'm like, got it. My warrior was a part and like, why don't you go talk to them? Like, because I have been told to talk to them <laughs> Just because I can doesn't mean I should. Right. And that's a lesson. I, I think a lot of us, especially in the social media world need to really reflect on once in a while. I know I'm guilty of it too. We're so busy trying to get likes and things and people follow us and all this stuff. And I get it. But if you're, if you're just because you can, doesn't mean you should, you know, the, I don't need to know that what your cat just puked up 20 minutes ago. Really? I'm not that interested. Calm down. And if that's the most interesting in your life, I promise you, you've hypnotized yourself to believe you're bored. It's time to, have fun. to be bored. It's impossible to be bored. How can you be bored? Trust me, one day you're going to be stiff as a board. That's when you're bored. Until then, wake your ass up and go have fun. Enjoy it because, man, it goes by like that. And remember, we're not coming back as Jason and Travis. We may come back as, like I said, a donkey's rear end or whatever. Make it back as a tree. And then dogs are peeing on you. Oh, crap. Do that. So when you look at it from that point of view, you can go, man, I am making this way too hard on myself. I am kicking my own butt. And by the way, 
everybody around me is feeling that energy. Even if I put on that fake ass cheesy smile that we put on social <laughs> so bullshit they're feeling you and god forbid you walk up to someone like you who's truly intuitive goes having a I bad day no no i'm great jason you sure about that yeah yeah man no i'm good i'm good bro i'm good shut up you're not good you're you're full of crap just own that you're full of, you know jason i had a really long night last night i didn't sleep really well i stared at the ceiling fan i was analyzing what am i supposed to do with my data what's my next funding experience what do i do that whatever the hell they're lamenting on like that's what you're really emoting and then we wonder why the law of attraction doesn't work because the law of attraction has a bunch of other laws that actually govern the law of attraction that nobody talks about and i'm like i wonder why that is oh that's right because you're selling them something i'm like stop selling them you didn't invent the law of attraction calm the hell down it's been around since egyptian times and beyond relax just enjoy it. give the message away my good friend david Meltzer is the brilliance of this if you don't know who David Meltzer is, you need to follow David. David is a brilliant man, dear friend of mine, someone who I admire because this guy, you know, uh, the movie Jerry Maguire was surrounded about uh, Lee Steinberg and he was a CEO of Lee Steinberg's agency. So when you look at that, he'd been to the top, knows everybody, hundreds of millions of dollars, lost it all, boom, gone, and had this awakening and has made it all back in spades, not because he went back in the business, because he realized it was about gratitude. And he preaches gratitude and he started understanding the flow. Roro Dems, amazing soul. I'm like, guys, if you want to see what it looks like in real, call Meltzy. Meltzy will show you what's up and he'll do it without any, uh, hey, Jason, you know, uh, I'll give you a 15 free minute session, but then I'm going to upsell you into a four package deal, buddy, because, uh, you know, he doesn't do that shit. He doesn't. He just gives it away because he understands he didn't own it in the first dang place. He never did. We're just messengers of our time. And each one of us is, you know, as Shakespeare said, all the world is a stage. Are you showing up as a warrior today or a wizard or a bard or a jester? And then the real quest becomes, can you ascend to the king and queen that you are? And yes, every one of us is a king and queen. It has nothing to do with your gender or your sexuality. Calm down, judges. It means the balance of giving and receiving of the king and queen. As a king and queen in you, that's when you have all your archetypes balanced. You can pull from the warrior, the wizard, the bard at any given moment. You're not just limiting yourself. I'm just a warrior, man. I just got to keep beating my head against the wall. I'm like, Okay, well, that's one way to do it. But the castle is probably not going to break if you keep doing that. You're not going to get in. So when you ascend to that king and queen, you go, I can be the warrior at any given moment because I choose how I show up. Or I can be the wizard, how I show up. And I can see how my brother shows up. Hey, man, that guy's a super whiz, jet, a whiz and a jester. He's grounded, but he can analyze what's coming up from the ground in three seconds or less. That's your gift. How do I know that? Because I can see your archetype. I'm just staring at you. I'm like, cool. Now, all of a sudden, it's not... Who's that strange lawyer dude who talks about what's going on in the, the psychic realm? That's a, that's a, <laughs> you're, you're creeping me out, bro. You're not supposed to do that. They didn't teach that in law school. You've been doing too much of the, okay, bro. I got you. I'm like, as opposed to, well, who said he was just a lawyer? Who said exactly. he was just a lawyer? <laughs> you did. You put him in the box. I'm like, but then if you're putting him in the box, there's almost a hundred percent probability you're putting yourself in that box. And now you're not accessing all parts of you, which is really what we're talking about. When we talk about the law of abundance and unfulfilled potential, it's because we're not tapping in to the dungeon and going, maybe I can finally just release myself and stop being such a stick in the mud. Maybe I don't need to be so professional. I mean, Look, I'm in a t-shirt and a hat. We're talking about that. Yeah. I like to dress casual myself. Yeah, like man. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for breaking down that wall, Mr. Hoodie. That was the greatest thing for me. I'm like, yes, Facebook's amazing. Don't get me wrong. Instagram, all things he's done. But the simplest thing is he walked in and said, who said you can't wear a hoodie in a boardroom? 
What a massive paradigm shift. This guy literally changed the planet. It doesn't mean you can't wear a suit. He wears suits and all that too. But if you look at who he was being, he was being so authentic that it was undeniable. It's what's called the EC formula. It's emotionally compelling. It pulls you right into it. You don't have a chance to think about it. You're like, I mean, I can wear a hoodie in a boardroom. Damn, I'm in. I think yeah. it's great when you can, Brilliant. you know, be comfortable in your own power, be comfortable in your own skin and just make your own decisions and say, I'm not going to let society judge me for what I want to do in life. If I want to wear a hoodie in a boardroom, I create Facebook. I think I can kind of get away with that right now. Yeah, Facebook, right. I've got now Instagram, I got WhatsApp. I got, I mean, I got a few things under my belt. I've been there, done. I tell you what, I'm going to wear my hat backwards and wear a hoodie and I'm going to walk with, you know, flip-flops in. Hey, Steve Jobs did it. Maybe Elon Musk does it. There's something to these the people that have taken founder to funding to fortune. The fortune part of it is them not ever losing their authenticity all the way through. In fact, it becomes the main thrust of the quest. And that's what we really start to talk about. We're like, hey, guys, we can make this fun. And, or you can make it hard. You choose. But when you get over here, it's only going to be harder. It's going to be worse. And that's why people crack. I'm like, but if you stay consistent, just like Kilimanjaro, one step, one breath, all the way up, you come all the way down. It makes it easy and it's fun. Anyway, I, I want to ask you this because we're running a lot of time and you've been yes, a breath of fresh air for this show. I have to Thanks, admit, man. I mean, same with you. Such a treat. Thank you. Such a treat. I, I want to ask you if you were a spirit animal, which spirit animal would you be in? Oh, fox. That's easy. Okay. And why? Because it's my last name and I resonate with foxes. I always have which is really funny because, you know, my, my family name from on my mother's side, obviously, is a DeMeo from, a, from Italy. Uh, you know? I'm Italian too. <laughs> oh, there you go. So yeah, Fox, and because people ask me, is that your stage name? I'm like, nope, came with a spacesuit. I had nothing to do with it. it, it I, I didn't even name me. So, okay, cool. But also I resonate with the fox, what the, the animal that they represent because they're of that, you know, that whole uh, canine tribe with the, with the uh, wolves and, and with wild dogs and that experience. But also too, they're capable of being on their own. They don't, they don't have to be in a pack, which is great. And they generally aren't, you know, they're, they're, they have their relationship and they raise the, their kids, whereas other ones have to be pack mentality. So they can be both, but they're also quick moving. They can adjust their body. They're malleable. They're chameleon-like. And, you know, they're fun to look at and they're intriguing characters because if you actually look, how often have you really seen a fox? I mean, I've seen maybe 10 foxes in my whole Rarely. life. Yeah. On and, TV, maybe. <laughs> right. And I've seen them in real life, but guess what? They'll look at you, they'll connect and they'll keep right on going. They're, they're very focused on what they're doing. You know, and I, I just, for me, I'd be a, I'd be a fox. I always say owl because I have two parrots and I, I'm very intuitive myself, but like we all are, but I also like to look at things from beyond the immediacy to see larger and, and look at wisdom. I, I value wisdom. Well, let's talk about Harry Potter archetype. The owl was the messenger, right? Yeah. Owl was the, the intelligence. <laughs> owl is the sign of the great sage. You know, I mean, that's what, you know, you put 12 owls together. What do you owl. I don't ever do that right. I try to show you I have a little owl here, crystal no. owl. You, you, you would be, I think you're an owl spot on because you, you have that sage-like wisdom that sits there and kind of looks from the observer's point of view. You don't judge it. If the, if the message comes in, you go, there it is, kids. What do you want to do with it? Exactly. That's an owl. That's a sage-like experience for me. And I can see you move into that archetypal space of, hey, I'm at that stage of my life where I'm moving into the sage stage. I'm moving into the legacy where I'm taking all of this knowledge from when I was younger and more warrior-like and more you know, frontline. Now to go, how about we move the armies this way? Because I've done that thing and it, eh, eh, let me help you with this. And you become a great guide. And that's what a sages really are. And I see you as the sage archetype right now. I'm just watching you going, that's a guy I call <laughs> Yo, audience, y'all need to call Jason because Jason's spitting out the real deal. I mean, the podcast is great, but you need to connect with this brother. And I've seen a lot of people and I've been in the circus and I've been around and I've seen all those things of I'm going to do all this psychic reading. Oh, yeah, whatever. 
But everything you said, and I will validate it here on this podcast, I have never spoken to you no. in person before this day. We've had exchanges of just being on the show. That's it. So audience, I say this with 100% authenticity and testimony. Everything he has said here on the show about my life, spot on. Spot on. Nail it. I would tell you if he's full of shit, I'd call that's him out. Person. Yeah. <laughs> But that's the truth. And I, I go, look, the podcast is great and he's doing a great thing, but you're missing the deeper point. If you're not connecting with him, you missed it because there's a sage in you that's going, I'm doing this because I enjoy it and I'm having fun with it. I'm passing I'm it fun. <laughs> it's, it's all fun for me. It's like it's all fun, right? Why not? I mean, look, we're we're two big kids on a on television show right now talking to each other about stuff. I'm like, exactly. Isn't that, isn't that what we did back in like fifth grade? And we're nerding out about concepts, right? That we love and admire and, and, and right. embrace ourselves. Exactly. It's no different than we were, we, you know, you take on a camping trip. Yo, we're going to do a boys trip. We're going to go out camping. What do you do? You sit around the campfire and you talk smack. <laughs> exactly. You're Philosophy, right. meaning of life. You know, this is the stupid things I've done. This is what I wish I could do. Well, when did we stop dreaming? This is the one thing we ask in the quest. When did you stop dreaming and exchange your dreaming, talent, capability, and power for hoping? When did you do that? Because we all did. And that's when we abandon our castles. That's when we quit on ourselves. We quit on our relationships. We quit on our dreams. And we don't believe we can do it. I'm like, says who? Says you. So we ask yourself, when did you quit on your dreams? When did you change that in for hoping? And hoping is the worst thing you could do to yourself. I'm sorry, all of you think that hope is great. Hope is not great. Hope is implied with doubt. Here's why. Hope for the best. Plan for the worst which means the emotional driver is you never believed it in the first place. It's like, I hope the lottery comes in, but the chances are one in three trillion. Okay. That's not knowing what we are as creators are knowers. We know it. We don't understand it, but we know it. And that's what we talk about. when We say, Hey, merely go down the stream because you go down the stream. You know, you're going that direction, but I don't know what's coming next. There's a rapids, there's a rock. Do we need to slip? Right. But I know I'm going in that direction. And all I've got to do is just stay in the boat. And that's when we really get to start back to go back to our dream. And I think the biggest challenge that we face here coming, not just with us as a society and a species, but our children coming up is our mental health. The, this pandemic has really, really deconstructed mental health. And now when you look at it from that perspective, we've gone from dreaming to almost feeling like we're imprisoned. I don't care what country you're in, you've had the effect. And that's the deep, when we start to try to come out of this, and I use that word try effectively, we try to come out, mental health, the believing that we could dream again, the believing that we as a, a species and, a, and as a society can reconstruct and go beyond what this pandemic has done on every aspect, pick one. That's where we're going to see, bang, a lot of heads hitting walls because we're going to have mental breakdown. And it's really going to start with our kids who have been desocialized. They have been basically imprisoned in some form or another at the stage when socialization is imperative. That's how we get our pieces to fit. And we play the warrior and the wizard and the bard. And which one do we like? And we get to date, you know, girls and guys. And we get to socialize. We get to be dorks and geeks and all these other things that we get to experience. That's been stripped from these kids. And we've never, never in the last 200 years, anybody who's alive on this planet has no frame of reference for this. We are making crap up on the fly. And anybody who tells you you're not is flat out lying. They're lying your ass off because we don't know. But isn't that the time? That to me is when the universe went, yo, now that you don't know, Mr. Wizards, you guys think you've got it all figured out. Maybe it's time you go back to knowing and let's connect. And that's what, you know, the quest and um, America's real deal, you, the show, people that are really stepping out and now have the opportunity because of the internet to go, 
how about we do this in a different way? Because we've done it for 6,000 years that way. Kind of sucks, right? We keep doing this to each other. And that's no fun because nobody wants to be on Kilimanjaro by yourself at the top. It's negative, it's negative 20 degrees with 40 knot cross winds in the middle of ice. And there's nothing there but a piece of wood. That doesn't sound like somebody wants to go do that, right? Like, yeah. I, wanted, I mean, it's an amazing feat. And I no, think it's, no. it's, it's, it's one of those things that very, I mean, well, 0.000001%, if even that. I mean, it's a huge accolade, huge accomplishment. The way that you are, are, are joking about it. Like, I went up there, I touched the stick, and then I had to take one breath, one step. One breath. One it's step. a true story. I, I, I tell it very openly in the quest. All of us quest masters, by the way, we've done, we just said something different. I think this will resonate for you. At the end of the quest, you actually hear our true stories. You hear about our trauma. You hear about our abuse. You hear about our sexual abuse, our financial failures. We show you who we are. We're I not these, these people standing on stage pontificating. Look at us and be like us. Bullshit. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to be you. In fact, what I want you to do is stop trying to be a better you and just be freaking you. Because the better you is going to keep you addicted to the search. And that search will lead you down roads that have nothing to do with the journey of what you really are. And Kilimanjaro really cemented that home for me in a way that I I couldn't explain verbally until I experienced it, but at 19,000 feet, I had my moment. I had my moment. I'm going to die up here. I went in you know, panic. I couldn't breathe because I made the mistake of sitting down for 15 seconds. We stopped for a second and I sat down. Dumb. Don't do that. But I did it. But the, the reason that my subconscious like sit down. Oh, okay. Even though I knew not to cognitively, I did it anyways, but subconsciously, I needed to do that so I could get to that space. And then I had my conversation with the universe, God, however you want to define it. And it was asked the simplest of questions. It just said, Travis, are you willing to die for it? And man, you want to talk about every thought in your brain goes through. What do you mean die for? What does that mean? You know, that wasn't what that wasn't what I thought about when I thought. Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, hey, is there champagne at the bottom? I mean, what's it going to be at the top? We're going to throw a big party. And it was like, are you willing to die for it? And it was a very just soft voice that said, are you willing to die for it? And I went through all of my realms from physical to emotional, psychological, and I went through every excuse. And when I realized that I was just making excuses, I got my breath and I started breathing again, where I was really just getting my breath centered. All of a sudden I went, yeah, I am. I'm willing to die for it because I'm going to go out on my terms. But that's not what the question really was. I was still my wizard trying to make sense of this crap, not listening. When I got up there and we, we touched the wood, that's when I realized it's not my physical body that I was, that was being asked to me is, are you willing to die to what you think it's supposed to look like? Are you willing to let it freaking die? Are you willing to let your whole life fall apart? Let everyone go. Yeah, you screwed up. You've gone from the, you know, gone from the penthouse to the poorhouse. And I did, I changed my entire life. I said, because I'm not having fun and that's nobody's fault or responsibility, but my own. And that question changed my life. I mean, you can't even script that for a podcast. Your no story, uh, your example, your 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 full vulnerability, full transparency. I, that's what I admire having you on the show to share with our audience because I think those are things we should all strive for in our own way, like to be real with ourselves and say, yeah, you know what? You could have these accolades and you know be a lawyer or you know an entrepreneur or, or whatever. But we all have our flaws. We all are haunted by our own insecurities. We are all haunted by ourselves, and it's like it's so important and critical for us with mental health awareness to be able to take the, the glasses off and look at ourselves and not harshly, but with love and, and compassion and empathy and say, you know what? We're, we're living in unprecedented times. We're going through a lot. Let's take care of ourselves. Let's have fun. Let's work on our relationships. Let's work wow. on the things that matter most. Let's make it about what it needs to be, which is our priorities have to get re, reset. Aligned. 
a lot. Yeah, we, we, I, I, man, I feel like I feel like you've like already been through the quest because we actually do that. Your first your first major adventure is called your BPR, right? You go through that, and there's a whole thing we teach you how to do it. And you have the worksheet and it walks you right through it. And we say, look, if you don't get your BPR balance, you're going to need CPR. <laughs> and you do because your BPR is your business, your relationship, and your personal, and they do need to be balanced. And we, as entrepreneurs, lawyers, doctors, whatever your title is, I don't care. We have been taught do unto others and take care of your neighbor first. And that's great. But if you're emotionally or psychologically or physically drained, there ain't nothing to take care of. So you're taking care of yourself isn't narcissistic. Taking care of yourself is the only way your gift, your superpower, your energy continues to flow into the world is that you take care of yourself and you balance your BPR. And Silk, who runs that entire thing, um, the next she, you walk you through the BPR and you're going, damn, it can be that easy. Yeah. Or it can be hard. You choose. You don't have to go to the top of Kilimanjaro to meet God. You can talk to God anytime you want. How are you defining God? God's omnipresent, omnipotent. How are you defining? Right. So I do cool. Um, I, like we're taking we're taking a group back um, in uh, 2022. We're going back to Africa and people are like, oh, are you going to do Kilimanjaro again? I'm like, if I'm called to, I don't know. But I guarantee you when I'm in her presence, I will be fully remembered and embodied of, hey, queen, what's going on? How you doing? Thanks so much for letting me in your kingdom and not killing me. I really appreciate that because I've heard people go, man, I conquered Kilimanjaro. I'm like, you didn't conquer shit. Calm down. She let you off that mountain because she was being polite. But did you really understand the essence? She's been there a billion years, man. A billion. We're in. You haven't even been here a century. Calm down. Relax. I'm like, enjoy this and experience it. And she is such a great teacher because she does it in silence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like my autistic son. And that's when they all came together. And I went, even in our interview, you've, you've brought everything together. Thank you. <laughs> From what we discussed at the beginning of the interview, kind of big full circle together at this point, which I find is. Uh, yeah, it's a, I always tell people, I'm like, look, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of like a, a, a big puzzle. We help you find the missing pieces within you and put them together and stop trying to fit in and robbing the piece of your piece. You're already fitting in. It's you trying to shave these edges and slam it in. And well, it looks like it's a corner piece, Jason. We can get it in there. I'm like, it's not a corner piece. And it's okay that you're not a corner piece because what if Jason's the corner piece? It doesn't matter. You're still connected. Even if you're on the other side of the puzzle, you're still connected to that corner piece. No different than the foundation of your castle. You've got to build your castle on what are your themes? What are the things this castle is going to stand the test of time for? What does that mean? And most people go, yo, I'm going to talk about success. I'm like, Okay, but if you have no money and you're homeless, a dollar and a cardboard box makes you successful. So what does success really mean? I'm talking about themes where you're talking about passion, purpose, vision and mission and to leave a legacy to your children, to the next people. And not because you need to prove anything because you chose to. Yeah, you enjoy it and you love what you do and you have that passion and that purpose. Right. Because, I mean, otherwise, think about what you're doing. You're out there trying to find the missing piece of you. I got to find my purpose. I got to find my passion. I got to find my soulmate. I got to find, find, find. I'm like, I'm curious. Did they issue you a map somewhere? Because I didn't get that map. Uh, what I got was, you're really educated, Travis, but your application's stupid. Now go out and figure it out. I'm like, well, then why the hell did I just go to school for all these damn years? Who's supposed to teach me? And so our entire mission, and let me bring this into a big encapsulation, the, our holding company, you know, which is bigger than us, literally, it is bigger than us that we talked about at the top of the show, is we at the Quest, and all of you, invite you, please come Quest with us. It's 36 bucks. Give me a break. You're going to get everything and beyond. But more importantly, 
We want to win a Nobel Peace Prize for changing our educational system back into a learning system and get this in the kids' hands now before this mental health becomes, you know, the baby boomer generation obviously affected the timeline of, of the last century. This generation that's going through this right now, the ages between five and 15, there's going to be this bubble. If we don't get these kids right into this learning system of learning how to archetypically play and have fun and doing what we're doing at the Quest, we are going to have this bubble that is going to go through the next century that is a complete mess because they have no frame of reference and neither do we on how to handle this. So instead of being reactive, why don't we go be responsive? And the way that we found is to say, look, if we can change the educational system back into learning, then you won't come out educated, educated and knowing stupid. You'll come out educating, learning how to use it and apply it, but start doing that when you're 15, when you're 14, when you're 13, and you get to transform because you choose to, not because you have to. Now we're going to change the planet and those kids are going to do it. So that's our big master vision and goal that we're going for. And people are like, why do you want to win a Nobel Peace Prize? I'm like, because that's the only way everyone goes. That's the standard that you've made change on the planet. If there's something bigger, let me know. We're going to go chase it. But that right now is the award we're interested in because it says we did it. That's the legacy we want to leave behind. I love that. I want to, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing all this with us today because I think part of having you come on the show is, is – sharing your, your vision, your purpose, but also enlightening all of us to look at our lives from an inside point of view and not be as critical and judgmental of ourselves to see that, you know, any setback you have in life, it's not a permanent fixture of our, our, our mental state and that we got to look beyond and embrace, you know, the question. yourself this question, Jason, was it really a setback or are you judging that too? You're right. You're right. I agree with you. I, I'm guilty. I'm not judging you. I, I I'm the master of kicking Travis's. Yeah, I'm the master of kicking my own ass. I don't, I don't, I got a black belt in it, bro. I'm good. So when I tell people, I'm like, look, I used to judge it too. That's a failure. You screwed up. I'm like, how do you know it wasn't something the universe is going, listen, warrior, why don't you shift into bard? Why don't you shift into jester? And then you can just either move around the obstacle or the obstacle that you think is an obstacle actually becomes an asset. It is that. our judgment of what we think it's supposed to look like. And I was guilty of it too. And I go, it's got to look this way, Jason. Counsel, if it doesn't look this way, I'm, we're going to file suit. What the? Blah, blah, because I'm the master of the universe. I'm like, you haven't even masturbated. Shut up. Calm down. You're not a, <laughs> calm down. You're not a master of jack squat. What you can master is breathing. Take a breath. <sighs> Let me really breathe life into myself first. Breathe life back into the, my body. Take care of yourself. Get your BPR balanced. And then go, you know, if I only had 30 days left to live, would I be doing anything in my life that I'm doing right now? And if any part of your answer is no, quest on, move on, let it go, because it's going to make room for what the universe has for you. And that's the beauty of the mystery, the great unknown. Because if you knew what you had to go through to climb Kilimanjaro, you damn sure wouldn't do it. And that's why they don't tell you. And that's why you start summit at midnight. So you can't see that it's a 3000 vertical climb for seven hours as your first start. And then you got another five and a half hours just to get the summit. They don't tell you that. I even asked the question, I said, why didn't you tell me? And you know what the answer was? Because if I told you, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Because when I came back down, I looked back up. I'm like, oh, hell no. Hell no. What are you nuts? I'm like, you come 3000 feet tumbling down, you die all the way down. They're like, yeah, that's why we didn't tell you that. Like, <laughs> I love you it. You guys are pretty smart. I mean, you guys, okay. But it's that same thing. If you knew what you, you were going to go through as an entrepreneur, a coach, teacher, facilitator, lawyer, doctor, CEO, employee, if you knew what you were going to go through, you would never even buy the ticket to the theme park. Right. You're like, I'm out. 
But that becomes the thing. If you did know, you wouldn't do it. So embrace the mystery of it. Make it fun. What are we going to discover next? Because we're all little kids acting like adults. And I mean acting. We're acting like adults. Bullshit. I haven't met an adult. Why? Why would you want to be one? I don't know any happy adults. I don't know any of them. I know a lot of unhappy adults. I met a lot of them. Hell, that's job security if you want to stay in that realm. (laughs) But if you want to be a, a a kid, acknowledge that you are. Be the look, I'm a big dork myself, people. Look, you I mean we can play Mr. Cool and all this other crap. Bottom line, I'm a dork. I'm a big goofball. I love it. I, I I'm willing to laugh at myself because I I not that I don't take things seriously, I just take don't take them so seriously that they become debilitating. Because I did that. And you know what happened? I was miserable. I my body started to fail me. I was I got dark circles under my eyes, and my body finally was like, Are you done? Are you done? And I'm like, well, no, I'm going to do a little bit more. Okay, great. Guess what's going to happen? We're going to teach you a lesson, Travis. And it was the greatest lesson I've ever learned in all my years is on stages. I actually passed out in front of 3,000 people because I was so busy taking care of everybody, being the star of the show and all these other things that sound really cool. And I went out, bam, right on my face. Humbling experience. But I was so in tune to it that Jason, when I woke up in the dressing room and they had an IV in my arm, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, what happened? They're like, you passed out. I'm like, oh, get this thing out of me. I got to get back out there and stage. That was my first reaction. And I remember my ex-wife going, Travis, do you know what just happened? And I was like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, it matters. Understand. It matters. And the next step, you might not get up. Your body is telling you, you have pushed it beyond its means. And we do this every day. The difference is I did mine in one shot. Most of us do it on a small bite by bite basis. And then one day, we have cancer. We don't feel good anymore. We're out of shape. Our sex life is gone. Our passion's gone. And we're like, this is it. This is, this is life. This sucks. And I'm like, okay, but if you're a creator, you got to own that too. Or you could just go, let's make everything fun. No, yeah. and, and I know, and again, I could go on for hours. I love, I love talking with you. Thank you. I genuinely, genuinely, been... genuinely love talking with you. Thank I you. I have to agree with you because like this show, it's, it's, it's amazing. And it's like, I hate to end it. It's just a great opportunity. And I want to bring you back on because I feel like you have so much you can share with our audience. I'm in. Anytime you say, I'm in, brother. I love talking with you. This, this one has been truly, <laughs> I mean, I have fun anyways, whether the host does or not. But this one is a whole nother level of fun. Yeah, because, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's up here. I'm like, you just raised the bar, bro. I'm like, uh, you want me to be on your podcast? Well, it's got to be as fun as Jason's show because if it's not, I'm not interested. So you've really raised my bar and the standard of, look, if it's not going to be fun, I don't care who your podcast is. I'm yeah. not going to do it because I don't <laughs> want to be around it, right? So thank you for reinforcing that for me. I really appreciate it. I want to thank Travis, Dr. Travis Fox for coming on the show today. I, I always say this all the time. Every one of these interviews, it's like a journey. It's The podcast for me is a vehicle. It's a vehicle for us to really look at ourselves take a look at our society, take a look at our times. Travis is somebody who I think he's a, he's ahead of his time. I would have to say he calls himself the architect. I'd like to say that he is somebody who really is going places and he's already been places, but there's a lot more coming on his horizon. So, you know, it takes a lot to learn how to nourish your inner child. I talk about that all the time. When I had my cancer, that was one of the lessons I learned about myself is not take my life as seriously, not to take things in my life so seriously. And I think what I love the most about Travis's message and sharing his, his wisdom with us is to, to nourish your inner child, you know, take the quest, do, do the journey within yourself, have fun with the things that matter to you, have purpose, have meaning, to look at things and, and don't quit on your dreams. You know, I, 
I, I think that's just so important. And to also think of our lives as a gestalt. We're a whole. We're not separated into pieces. When you look at who you are in a role that you fill, like if I'm a lawyer, other people are doctors, whatever, that's great. You have that role. But I think one of the bigger messages is to have balance in your life. Balance yourself between all the different levels of yourself in your life and have the purpose and the passion. And I think one of the things you've heard from us, you don't have to climb Mount Kilimanjaro to realize that your life is a quest, a journey, and that you're on a journey for a reason. And I love the idea of being able to say our challenges are what they are, but it's what we learn from our challenges that really give us the, the strength to move forward. And I, I really do think that that's something here to look at. Check out Travis's information. Check out the real deal when it comes out. All this stuff is going to be in the program notes. But more importantly, when you, when you listen to this episode, watch it, whatever, reflect to yourself. Are you living the role in your life that you want to live? Are you living the way you want to live? Are you managing and creating things in your life that have an impact? Are you able to see things beyond the immediacy of the moment? And that's something I think is pivotal for each of us, understanding and, and really getting into the basic of who we are, what we're about, and why we're doing what we're doing. Check out this information, because I really do think you'll see the difference between what Travis said, happiness versus bliss. All these anecdotes have meaning in them. Check them out. I'm a big advocate of thoughts becoming things and being able to look at your tool shed within yourself. This is definitely something that's a tool to look at. The app is going to be available. It's out there now. It's going to be in the show notes. So check it out. And I look forward to uh, having Travis back on someday, share his wisdom as well. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Check out Travis's information. Check out the quest, the app, everything. I know we're going to hear a lot more things about uh, Travis in the future. Until next time, stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's my, dad. my name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.